Okay, the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. Isaiah and his vision, what he saw, what he heard from the Lord. And I'm going to read some of this to you and then we're going to walk into the Word together. It says, Listen, O heavens, and pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. Quote, The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are. Loaded down with the burden of guilt, they are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Verse 5. Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured. Your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, and infected wounds without any soothing ointments or bandages. Your country lies in ruins and your towns are burned. Foreigners plunder your fields before your eyes and destroy everything they see. Beautiful Jerusalem stands abandoned like a watchman's shelter in a vineyard. Like a lean-to in a cucumber field after the harvest. Like a helpless city under siege. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of us, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. Verse 10, Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of, fat of the fatted cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebration of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Verse 17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the right of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, 
You will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse 21, See now Jerusalem, once so faithful, has become a prostitute. Once the home of justice and righteousness, she is now filled with murderers. Once like pure silver, you have become like worthless slag. Once so pure, you are now like watered down wine. Your leaders are rebels, the, compa- the companion of thieves. All of them love bribes and demand payoffs, but they refuse to defend the cause of orphans or fight for the rights of widows. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, the mighty one of Israel says, quote, I will take revenge on my enemies and pay back my foes. I will raise my fist against you. I will melt you down and skim off your slag. I will remove all your impurities. I will give you good judges again and wise counselors like you used to have. Then Jerusalem again will be called the home of justice and the faithful city. Zion will be restored by justice. Those who repent will be revived by righteousness. But rebels and sinners will be completely destroyed and those who desert the Lord will be consumed. You will be ashamed of your idol worship in groves of sacred oaks. You will blush because you worshiped in gardens dedicated to idols. You will be like a great tree with withered leaves, like a garden without water. The strongest among you will disappear like straw. Their evil deeds will be the spark that sets it on fire. They and their evil works will burn up together, and no one will be able to put out the fire. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your most relevant word, Lord. If it does not point to America and what we have become, Lord, only the most, Lord, that only the most debased in thought could not see the comparison between us and Israel of old. So let us heed the prophet's warnings, Lord, because it was not his words, but it came straight from you. And help us to digest this and look at it carefully today, Lord God, and give us wisdom as we walk through the Word together. Make us clean in heart and spirit, Lord, that we can hear Your voice and repeat what You say from the pulpit. God, help us to see, not with eyes of man, but with eyes of the Lord. Let us see things spiritually and understand things with spiritual wisdom and give our heart guidance by way of Your Holy Spirit and Your Word. For the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so we ask you to guide us and lead us through the word that we may know it properly, accurately, as you intended for us to know. And God, we thank you for all good things comes from up above. And we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I could almost just read that chapter and just say, we're done. Because if that doesn't bring to you a vision of what we're going through, then nothing will. Oh, the comparison of what Israel and Jerusalem was and what we are today. Our leaders love bribes and they do not protect the innocent. 
that speaks volumes. Justice and, and lawfulness has went aside and we're turned to the, the, the leadership of evil. I want to point out one thing that this, this tells us, okay? As Isaiah come to bring this message, I want you to understand, God was viewing Israel as a whole, okay? And He was also looking at the people. He was not only looking at leadership, but He was looking at the people. People's hearts were wicked. Not every person's heart, I'm sure, in Israel was wicked, but as a whole, God was judging the country as a whole. Because the people as a whole had lost their way. They were, the, they were the recipients of the Word of God. They were supposed to be the oracles of God that were supposed to bring the Word of God to the rest of the world. And they, were, they had failed to do all of this. And they had had the covenants of God. And they had all the advantages to be a sparkling, beautiful nation. A nation that represents God and His government to the rest of the world, shining brightly above all this other stuff on earth. But they failed to do that. That even with the Word of God, with the law of God, with the Spirit of God, they could not and would not cease their evil ways. And as a whole, their country and people became evil. Isaiah, as well as the rest of the prophets, were commissioned by God to bring truth to the people and speak in God's behalf. This is the thing. Okay? The truth of God always presents a threat to people who are engaged in evil. Much like today, that's why we see such propaganda and lies here. That's why they killed Jesus. They couldn't destroy his message, so they destroyed the messenger. And that's why the prophets of Israel was always destroyed. Because the message of God they could not handle. And we can see that Isaiah's message lives on today, long after Isaiah's gone. Proof to you that the message is the powerful thing that hurts people. That's why our country today is in such shambles. is because truth isn't accepted. And it's not desired. We've become a people who love lies and who live by lies and deceit as a whole I'm talking about. Okay. And so when the message of truth comes, leadership rebels against that message and assassinates the messengers. Just like they did Jesus. Right? Caesar hated Jesus and, and formed up all this propaganda against him, got the people all stirred up, and they killed him. That's the basic bottom line. They couldn't handle the truth, so they killed the messenger. But as we well know, it's the message that, that has the power. The people don't have the power. Isaiah didn't have the power. It's the message that has the power. And it's the, it's the spiritual coming of the message to us by way of the Word of God that changes people's lives. And the devil hates that. And we see that oftentimes throughout Israel's time here. And we're told in the Scripture how Jesus Himself said, you know, I send prophets to you and you kill every one of them. You hate My message, so you kill My people. 
You love this present world and you love the things of this world so much and you love the devil, your father, so much that you kill my people because of the message that they bring. It's my message. And so you hate me. When people take their eyes off the message of God and all that God has done and all that God will do and they get focused on what's being stirred up, that killed the messenger. Now, we're told through history, one of the, the things that we're told about Isaiah is we're really not sure what happened to him, but it's told Legend has it that he was sawed in half by Manasseh. I found that to be very interesting. Because they, they, they killed all the prophets. Okay. So why not kill them? Why not? They hate the message so bad. Isaiah's main message to, was to Judah, who was the southern portion of Israel's power and leadership. That they would be defeated because of its sin problems. But also he laid out God's redemption, redemptive plan for them. As we see as I read in chapter 1. God explains the problem, gives you the solution, and puts the ball in your court. And that's what he did here with Isaiah. That was Isaiah's message to the people. But if there's one thing that people hate to be told... It's that you're wrong. Okay? And people hate to be... Listen, this is your problem. This is why. They were standing at defeat. They were going to go into captivity here in Babylon. You're going to get taken over. You are going to be defeated. Why is there enemies at the gate? Why are you surrounded right now? Why is things so bad? Because you have turned your back on the Lord. He told, he told us here that uh, when, 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 he, when I was reading out of chapter 1... It says here, an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master. What he's saying is even animals can recognize what they're supposed to do when their master tells them to do it and they do it. But why can't you hear the voice of your master in heaven, your God in heaven telling you what to do? Animals left to their own good would just perish. They couldn't exist without their master's help. And even animals know this. Why can't you, Israel? So God begins his accusation from about verse 2 through 9. And we'll just read through this. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with the burden of guilt. They are evil people, corrupt children. Listen, this is the accusation who have rejected the Lord. What does it mean to reject the Lord? To re reject His leadership, to not listen, to not do what you know is good, to not do what you know is right, to not do what you know is holy, to not do what you know is the law of God. Given to you by your master, be as smart as a stinking animal and do what God says. So he goes on down through here and he tells them, he says, you've turned your back on the Lord. You've despised the Holy One of Israel. You've rejected him. You've despised him and you've turned your back on him. 
Why would anybody want to listen? And then he goes on to down through here and says, says this. Why do you continue to invite punishment? Why is it, you know, we tell our children that, you know, your, your children, you know, your child in parenting, they're growing up, they do wrong, they get punished. They get punished. Then you seem to, then you, then you go through this cycle with your children who's supposed to be smarter than a donkey, who's supposed to be smarter than an animal. And you look at them and you go, okay, why do you keep doing what's going to get you punished? Keep your room clean. Do this, do that, and you won't get punished. Matter of fact, you'll get praised. Why is it that people continually want to do bad? So the Lord's asking this, the, the question, must you rebel forever? How long until you stop rebelling? He's saying, when you see trouble come to a nation, when you see a whole nation getting judged, it's because you've lost the principles of God. Where do we see America at right now, who was once the greatest country on the planet? We have become a pagan nation whose God is not the Lord. It is by some of us, but as a whole, just as Israel was being judged, we are a pagan nation who have elected by our own wills, sometimes, maybe so, but probably by fraud in most cases that we know now. Communists and people who are anti-God are now mainly in control of our country. By the election of the people, where we kill hundreds of thousands of, baby, of babies every year. Where we praise evil and condemn what is good. When we've kicked God out of schools and are trying to take in God we trust off our money. When we have forgotten the God of Israel that our founders based this country on. When everything that was done in the Declaration of Independence was put into the hands of a sovereign God who would watch over this endeavor against the most powerful army on the planet to where the impossible happened, a bunch of squirrel-hunting colonists defeated a superpower. When a nation as a whole, like America, turns its back on God and will not listen. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now judgment has come. And we see mass evil like we've never seen it before. Why? Even talks of of. of Re-education camps, which are open, openly discussed. Which a bill, we just learned, is now in Illinois, it's been introduced to go against Christianity. I mean, this stuff's getting open and it's, people are proud of it. This is what happens when a nation as a whole begins to turn its back on God. When the covenant people turn their backs on God, 
certain consequences always follows. Isaiah began to recount what was happening to them to help them understand their difficult times had come because of their disobedience. He says, Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with the burden of guilt. They are an evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Let me tell you, it is by no mistake that this was happening to Israel. God said, this is happening to you because you've turned your back on me. There are certain consequences. Listen, that I don't care if you're living in the dispensation of grace. If you turn your back on God as a Christian, you individually, bad things are going to happen to you. Your life's going to go spiraling downhill. You're going to have hard times, hard spiritual times. You're going to start facing consequences as God begins to discipline you. The Bible says God chastens or disciplines who he loves. God loves America. God is angry with America, but he's disciplining America to bring us back to godliness. That maybe that we would get it through our thick skulls. Like a donkey, even being smarter than a donkey, being smarter than an ox, that we would get it through our thick skulls that maybe, just maybe, we need to turn back to God. This is why He disciplines us, because He loves us. If you've never been disciplined by the Lord, it's probably because He don't love you. You need to get right with God. I had a person once tell me that you know, had allegedly been a Christian, well, well, God never, I never sin. Here's the altar, you need to get saved. Because yes, you do. The Bible says we should fall short daily. I know, you know who I'm talking about too. I, I, I can tell you, and you know the person. He says to them, why do you continue to invite punishment? Why must you rebel forever? Your head is injured. Your heart is sick. You're battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, infected wounds, without any soothing ointments and bandages. God's whooped the tar out of you. Can't you, can't you feel it? Can't you see how sick you are? Can't you see all these wounds that you have? Don't you want to make yourself better? Do you enjoy sickness? Do you enjoy injury? Do you, en do you enjoy consequence and discipline? Do you enjoy this? Have you become a sadistic people that, that just will not accept discipline? You know, I used to know kids when I was growing up with them, they just would not accept discipline. The more they were disciplined, the worse they got. They were so calloused in heart. They were so hard of heart. If they went down and got paddled by the, by the back of my day, you got paddled in school. You got whooped in school. We need to go back to that. And I'll be the executioner of that. I'd love to do that. Come in here, you little brat. You're about to feel the right hand righteousness of God. That's what we need. We need a message sent from back here that'll go up here. And when you do wrong, bad things happen. Consequences. You got welts all over you. You should have realized your terrible problems. Your terrible problems that you're having is due listen carefully, is due to your terrible spiritual situation. 
Bad things happen to good people, right? We all know that. But when God brings judgment and discipline to you, especially as a nation, these are the kinds of things that happen. We're told in Scripture that you're going to face persecution. There's a difference between persecution and discipline. Understand that. We try to, in the Christian church, we try to lump all that together. No. Persecution comes to you from evil people because you're right with God. Discipline comes to you when you're a righteous person who's gotten away from God. That's two different things. So don't confuse them. Lots of people don't understand how to discern the end times and persecution that comes to the church with discipline that's coming from God. Discipline coming from God always tries to get you to turn to come back to God, to repent and come back to God. Persecution comes to you when your heart is right with God. You've done nothing wrong. Do you understand me? When you read the scripture, when you look in today's world, you will suffer persecution for living a right life with Jesus Christ. That is not God disciplining you. That is not that. But when God disciplines you and he sends armies to overtake you and he sends prophets that prophesy against you and you are breaking the law of God and you know it and you you, this isn't persecution, folks. This is God smacking you upside your head trying to get you to listen. That's the difference. That's very important for people to understand that. Persecution and discipline. Two completely different things. Understand and discern which one you're dealing with. That's very important. He says here, and I'm just going to go through this. Man, I've already been preaching for almost 30 minutes. Somebody say, Pastor Jay, I'm so into it. It only seems like a minute. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, you liars. The altar's right here. The altar's right here. I can feel you all thinking about a bucket of chicken from KFC right now. How many here believes this message is finger licking good? Can I get an amen? Boy, Lord, you got some dealing to do with these folks right here. Linda just said, oh, me. Just don't say a woman. You know, for crying out loud, I don't understand that person that did that. Okay, just real quickly. Listen at this. I want to bring some clarity to this. In verse 11, he says, I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams, fatted cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood, the bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, uh, who asked you parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing your meaningless gifts, your incense, your offerings disgust me, your celebrations, your new moons, your Sabbaths. You know what this is? This is unleavened bread. This is, this is uh, the, the Feast of Lights, the Tabernacles. This is all the different feasts. God said they disgusted him. Why? Because they were done 
in a very preposterous way. They were done in a fraudulent way. They were not done in sincerity. They were done by a people who didn't care about what they were doing. They were going through the motions. God hates a Christian that just goes through the motions that doesn't do what they do because they love Him. I'm not saying God hates you, but I'm saying He hates you doing it that way. He doesn't like people coming to church just because they got to come to church. He doesn't like people sitting down and praying over their food because they feel like they're obligated. He doesn't like people doing good things in His name because they feel like they have to to keep the score right with God. He wants you to be motivated by the Holy Spirit that's in you from the goodness that's in your heart, from being right with God, from being saved. And that's what your motivation is, is to bring glory to God and show God how much you love Him and how much you love other people and what you're doing. That's what God wants. God hates a, 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 a religious church. He hates religious symbolism. He doesn't care anything about your cross you wear around your neck. It is Christ in your heart. Let me tell you that. I've, I've seen people with a cross around their neck come out and cuss like a sailor. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I'm thinking, if only you knew. And I've asked people before, are you a Christian? I noticed that cross there after they talked like that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Let me tell you something about cursing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If your heart has blasphemy and cursings in it, guess what's there? Let me tell you what's not there. Christ is not there. The Bible says you will be judged by every idle word that comes forth from your mouth. That's a problem that I have out of habit. Man, I've raised that way, you know. But I've seen people wear big crosses and come out and go and, and, and be just the F-bomb and, and the whatever bomb. God takes no pleasure in that. Get your heart right. Clean your heart and them things won't exist there. Understanding persecution and understanding discipline is very, very, very important. Let's all stand.